Good morning. Welcome to the December 5th meeting of the San Francisco County Transportation Authority Board. Um, I'm Raphael Mandelman. I serve as chair of this board. Our vice chair is Mirna Melgar. I want to thank Jason Goldammer from SFGovTV. And our clerk is Elijah Saunders. Mr. Clerk, will you please call the roll? Yes, Chair. Commissioner Chen? Present. Chen present. Commissioner Dorsey? Present. Dorsey present. Commissioner Engardio? Present. Engardio present. Chair Mandelman? Present. Mandelman present. Vice Chair Melgar? Present. Melgar present. Commissioner Peskin? Present. Peskin present. Commissioner Preston? Preston present. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan present. Commissioner Safai? Safai absent. Commissioner Stephanie? Stephanie absent. Commissioner Walton? Walton absent. Chair, we have quorum. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. I think you have a public comment announcement. I do. Thank you, Chair. For members of the public interested in participating in this board meeting, we welcome your attendance here in person in the Legislative Chamber, room 250 in City Hall, or you may watch cable channel 26 or 99, depending on your provider, or stream the meeting live at www.sfgovtv.org. For those wishing to make public comment remotely, the best way to do so is by dialing 415-655-0001 and when prompted, entering access code 2660-310-8185 and then press pound and pound again. You will be able to listen to the meeting in real time. When public comment is called for the item you wish to speak on, press star three to be added to the queue to speak. Do not press star three again or you will be removed from the queue. When the system says your line is unmuted, the live operator will advise that you will be allowed Two minutes to speak. When your two minutes are up, we will move on to the next caller. Calls will be taken in the order in which they are received. Best practices are to speak slowly, clearly, and turn down the volume of any televisions or radios around you. Public comment for items on this agenda will be taken first from members of the public in attendance in the legislative chamber, and then afterwards from the remote speakers queue on the telephone line. I would also like to welcome Commissioner Stephanie to chambers um, thank you mr chair that concludes my announcement thank you mr clerk um commissioner walton has indicated that he is going to be late and uh commissioner safai has indicated that he will not be able to attend this morning they've both been they both requested to be excused from both votes that they missed and i'm going to grant that as long as there are no objections um Bef and before calling our next item as chair, I want to invoke rule 3.26 from our rules of order to limit total public comment per item to 30 minutes for today's meeting. It's my intention to grant to give each speaker two minutes to speak on an item unless I indicate otherwise um, when we call that public comment for that item. Mr. Clerk, will you please call our next item? Item two, approve the minutes of the November 28th, 2023 meeting. This is an action item. All right, let's open up our minutes to public comment. If there's anybody in the chamber who'd like to talk to us about item two, please come forward. And if not, let's see if we have any remote public comment on item two. Good morning, Chair. There is no public comment for this item. All right, public comment on item two is closed. Is there a motion to approve item two, the minutes? Moved by Dorsey, is there a second? Seconded by Ronan. Mr. Clerk, will you please call the roll? On item two, Commissioner Chan? Aye. Chan, aye. Commissioner Dorsey? Aye. Dorsey, aye. Commissioner Guardio? Aye. Guardio, aye. Chair Mendelman? Aye. Mendelman, aye. Vice Chair Melgar? Aye. Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan, aye. Commissioner Stephanie? Aye. Stephanie, aye. There are nine ayes. The minutes are approved. All right. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Please call our next item. Item three, Community Advisory Committee report. This is an information item. Chair Ortiz. Commissioners, um, thank you for having me. Um, 
I just want to give a quick brief update. Um, you know, all of our items passed unanimously at our last CAC meeting with the exception of uh, the bike, bike uh, education and safety program with the SF Bike Coalition. I think there was a desire, particularly at our CAC, to actually expand this program further um, due to the fact that uh, this is only a $200,000 program. And I think there's been a lot of concerns about really um, for the last 15 years being solely one uh, single grantee, but really looking at building the capacity for place-based organizations, um, getting the capacity to learn how to do this, right? Um, so that way we're looking at organizations that have the cultural competency to do the outreach on this. So it'd be great to see this program maybe funded to a million dollars, right? And having it spread across the city, across the board. Um, I also wanted to give a quick update on the skateboarding subcommittee. Um, this was a great item that um, we had the subcommittee um, where we we had over 30 attendees, more than most of our CAC um, meetings. Um, and so there's a big desire of looking at skateboarding as a form of transportation and being recognized in the city as such. One of the recommendations was, you know, potentially establishing, um, you know, at least from one of our presenters, a, a director of skateboarding and transportation that could work across departments. Um, but really, they looked at skateboarding um, as a mode of transportation that, you know, different concrete and, um, you know, asphalt versus um, concrete um, traveling. Um, and so, um, how that plays a role when, you know, skateboarding that eighth of an inch that can make a difference between a, a bike uh, tire versus an actual, like, um, skateboarding wheel, et cetera. And so um, they also did, um, you know, kind of give the updates on, you know, the different, the seven different bike, um, um, uh, skate parks that are within here in the city. And so I think there was a lot of engagement from uh, a very uh, unique uh, constituency that hasn't really been recognized for a while. So, you know, we're looking forward to getting updates from the department on, um, this and then, you know, uh, coming back further with uh, some recommendations from the CA CAC. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't see any comments or questions from colleagues, so let's open up item four to public comment. If there's anyone in the chamber who'd like to talk to us about item four, or three rather, please come forward. Um, don't see anybody. Let's see if we have any remote public comment on item three. Checking for remote public comment on item number three. And there is no public comment. All right. Uh, public comment on item three is closed. Thank you again, Chair Ortiz, and to the members of the CAC for your work. And with that, Mr. Clerk, please call item four. Item four, adopt the 2023 Prop L five-year prioritization program for muni maintenance, rehabilitation, and replacement and amend the Prop L strategic plan baseline. This is an action item. And we have Camille Cachoua uh, to present this item. Good morning, commissioners. I'm Camille Koshwa, Assistant nope. Transportation Planner. And SFGovTV, I have my slides up and it says I'm sharing my screen. Today, I will present the 5YPP for the Muni Maintenance, Rehabilitation, and Replacement Program, which relates directly to the fleet and facilities update that SFMTA presented to the board last week. As a reminder, the expenditure plan approved by the voters requires development and board approval of five-year prioritization programs, or 5YPPs, as prerequisite to allocation of funds from a given program, along with the adoption of the Prop L strategic plan. I won't go through these slides in detail as the board has seen them before, and the board has approved 14 5YPPs to date. The strategic plan baseline, which was approved earlier this year, included an initial budget on a pay-go basis. We are now in step two, working with sponsors to identify the specific projects to fund in the next five years. This slide outlines the sections in the 5YPP documents, which are included as an enclosure to this item. 
And as a reminder, the board adopted prioritization criteria for each program that guide the development of our recommendations. Our recommendations are also based on a series of public engagement efforts uh, that we conducted to inform the development of the five YPPs. So next we'll go over the Muni Maintenance 5YPP that is recommended for approval today. This 5YPP includes specific projects with funds programmed in this fiscal year and placeholders for projects with funds programmed in the remaining four years of the 5YPP. Muni Maintenance is the largest program and includes facility modernization, electrification of the fleet, and corresponding facility changes, which you saw in SFMTA's fleet and facility update presentation last week. Uh, these are part of a large and complex capital improvement program where SFMTA is coordinating project sequencing for facility modernization and upgrades with the plan to move toward an entirely zero emission fleet. And procurement of that fleet is reliant on available charging infrastructure and storage capacity for new buses. In their presentation, SFMTA also outlined some of the risks, which include, but are not limited to, PG&E capacity and timing and funding. Given the many uncertainties about how this program will unfold and the need for more time to develop full funding plans for proposed projects or project phases, we're recommending placeholders in the last four years at this time. SFMTA expects to be ready to seek a 5YPP amendment this fall to replace the placeholders with specific projects. And what you will see for the program of projects in this current fiscal year 2024 is a mixed procurement of hybrids and battery electric vehicles, replacing vehicles at the end of their useful lives and making sure the facilities can accommodate these vehicles. We are also recommending to fund midlife overhauls as part of Prop L fund exchanges. And we also expect to see more Prop L funds for, over, for overhauls in the later years of the 5YPP. So first we have two vehicle procurement projects. We love using the sales tax to support the procurement of new vehicles because they have such a positive impact on bus service and reliability. This is the 40-foot hybrid motor coach project, which will replace the 94 hybrid 40-foot vehicles that were procured in 2013 and have reached the end of their useful lives. The original scope of work was to replace these 94 vehicles with zero emission vehicles, but due to impacts from COVID, facility upgrade progress to support electric buses is delayed, and the SFMTA has to purchase additional hybrid vehicles for this procurement. The estimated cost per vehicle is about 1.15 million, which is about 300,000 less per vehicle than the cost of a battery electric bus. This is not unique to SFMTA and is posing real challenges for the region that provides federal formula funds that don't go as far when vehicles are more expensive. Next, we have the battery electric bus procurement, which will purchase six 60-foot and 12 40-foot battery electric buses as a replacement for 18 40-foot diesel-electric hybrid buses that were procured in 2013. Chargers for these vehicles will be installed at the Woods and Islaeus Creek facilities and are also supported by Prop L, which you'll see in a few slides. The vehicles are anticipated to be procured from two manufacturers, Gillig and New Flyer. The SFMTA would like to evaluate Gillig's ability to produce 40-foot elect battery electric buses, as these were not available during the time of the 40-foot battery bus pilot program. The other vehicles in the procurement will be provided by New Flyer, who has demonstrated the best overall performance in the battery bus pilot program. Estimated cost per vehicle is 1.42 million for 40 foot and 2.17 million for 60 foot vehicles, which we noted is higher than the cost of hybrid buses. 
There are then two fund exchanges between Prop L funds and Regional Transportation Improvement Program, or RTIP funds, that will be programmed to the New Flyer Midlife Overhauls project. These are to better match projects with the requirements of the fund sources, as the RTIP guidelines can be restrictive. The New Flyer Midlife Overhaul projects follows manufacturer recommendations to perform midlife overhauls on the New Flyer fleet, which significantly reduces incidence of breakdowns and is required to maintain the vehicles and enable them to meet their useful lives. In October, the board recommended programming the RTIP funds to the SFMTA's midlife overhaul project conditioned upon approval of this fund exchange. And this is a dollar-for-dollar dollar fund exchange of RTIP funds to midlife overhauls and Prop L funds to the portal. The portal is the extension of Caltrain from 4th and King Streets to the Salesforce Transit Center at 1st and Mission Streets with accommodations for future high-speed rail. The next fund exchange is the Housing Incentive Pool, or HIP, grant program placeholder, which is the placeholder for $18.3 million in Prop L funds for one or more of SFMTA's projects that are eligible to receive HIP grant program funding. The Metropolitan Transportation Commission, or MTC, uh, HIP program rewards jurisdictions that have created the most qualifying housing units over the five-year period ending with calendar year 2022, and San Francisco is expected to receive about half of these funds. MTC proposed this fund exchange, and the SFMTA will identify a project or projects to receive these funds. The benefits of this fund exchange include earlier availability of the HIP funds than if they were in the RTIP, ability for SFMTA to use flexible Prop L funds instead of RTIP funds, which are more restrictive, and the Midlife Overhauls project would become a top priority for RTIP programming in the region. Next, we have a series of facility projects, including Petrero Yard and Presidio Yard, which are also seeking concurrent allocation, and you'll see again in the next item. Uh, SFMTA presented on this project to the board last week, and this request is for $12.5 million to help fund the rest of design, really the pre-development phase for this public-private partnership, or P3, project, and get it ready for construction. The existing facility services 153 40-foot and 60-foot trolley buses, and this project will service 213 40-foot and 60-foot trolley buses. It also includes the transition to service of battery electric buses. Uh, there's a parallel project to build 513 units of affordable family and workforce housing on top of the trolley facility and to make use of this P3 development approach to finance construction of the trolley facility. The request will support the milestones consistent with the pre-development agreement, including $4.35 million uh, milestone payment that is due to the P3 developer in early 2024 after approvals of the final environmental impact report and entitlements. And in recognition of the scale and impact of this project, as well as the joint development project delivery method, which SFMTA has not used before, SFCTA will continue to perform an enhanced level of oversight on this project. Next, we have Presidio Yard, uh, which is a pro this project includes a $5.2 million request to fund the planning phase. The existing facility services 132 40-foot trolley buses, and this project will service over 215 40-foot and 60-foot battery electric buses. 
Above the transit facility, a paratransit operations facility may be built for SFMTA paratransit operations, which are currently operating in leased spaces. And additionally, parallel development plans are to build a mixed-use development to generate revenues that can be used for transit capital or operations needs. Due to the scale and impact of this project, as well as the joint development project delivery method, the, SFN, the SFCTA will have an enhanced level of oversight. Next, we have the station condition assessment project, which will complete condition assessment of nine Muni Metro subway stations from Embarcadero to West Portal to address deferred subway station maintenance issues and assess the state of good repair needs. The assessment will be used for the development of specific capitalized maintenance campaigns and capital improvement projects, and the assessment is expected to be completed by June 2027. Next, we have the Woods Islayas Creek Yard Electrification Project, which consists of the installation of inverted panograph battery electric bus charging infrastructure and related charging equipment at two SFMTA bus yards. The project will install 12 charging stations at the Woods facility, which already has 12 chargers from the battery electric bus pilot program, and six charging stations at the Islayas Creek facility. These 18 chargers will support the battery electric bus procurement discussed earlier. And finally, there are placeholders for Muni maintenance projects in the remaining four years. And in fall 2024, we anticipate recommending funds for specific projects to replace the placeholders through a comprehensive Muni maintenance 5YPP amendment. Over the coming months, we'll work closely with, MT with SFMTA staff as well as MTC staff to determine the amount and timing for Prop L funds to support state of good repair needs and the significant investments in facilities to meet regulatory requirements around electrification. And a foundational aspect of the sales tax is to use our local funds to leverage other funding sources. The anticipated leveraging for projects in the current fiscal year is strong and exceeds expected leveraging for this program. While the projects in this fiscal year have strong leveraging, they are generally being carried by larger facility projects that are exceeding expectations as larger projects need to have significant leveraging in order to be delivered. The station condition assessment, on the other hand, is funded by Prop L only as this is an early planning effort and hard to leverage and fund with other sources. We will evaluate the anticipated leveraging for the full Muni maintenance program again when we amend this 5YPP to program the placeholder funds to specific projects in fiscal years 25 through 28. And approving this 5YPP requires amending the Prop L strategic plan to advance funds from future years into the current five-year period. The strategic plan baseline approved in June 2023 by the board advanced funds for the Muni maintenance program beyond the pay-as-you-go amounts in anticipation of the need to advance funds to accommodate the programming requests in the 5YPP, which is why the advancing request today is so modest. The recommended project list would advance $17.8 million in programming into the current 5YPP period, with cash flow extending beyond the first five years. This is due to the fund exchange with the portal, which has cash flow in further out years, and this way SFMTA can program funds earlier while keeping cash flow the same. This results in a slight delay of cash flow from fiscal year 25 to correspond to match the proposed projects. And advancing programming of funds requires a strategic plan amendment to incorporate programming and cash flow for the 5YPP. These changes result in a $1.9 million decrease in finance costs over the 30-year expenditure plan period compared to the baseline as amended. 
And looking ahead, we are working with various project sponsors to develop the remaining five YPPs. We will bring the next group to the board in early 2024, followed by the adoption of the final strategic plan. And with that, I am happy to answer any questions. And we also have project managers from the SFMTA available. Thank you for that presentation. I do not see any comments or questions. Um, so we are going to open this item to public comment. If there's anyone in the chamber who'd like to talk to us about item four, come on forward. Let's see if we have any remote public comment on item four. Checking for remote public comment on item four. Again, now is the time to press star three if you'd like to make a comment. And there is no comment for this item. All right, public comment on item four is closed. Thank you, Ms. Koshwa, for your presentation. Um, is there a motion to approve item four? Moved by Dorsey. Is there a second? Seconded by Preston. I think that we can take this same house, same call. Without objection, the motion passes. Mr. Clerk, please call our next item. Item five. Allocate $23,040,000 in Prop L funds with conditions, appropriate $150,000 in Prop L funds, and allocate $6 million in Traffic Congestion Mitigation Tax, or TNC tax, funds for eight items. This is an action item. All right. Transportation Planner, Linda Veray. Hello. Hello. Good morning, Commissioners. Um, SFGovTV, I have my slides up. Okay, great. And this presentation, as you heard, includes eight Prop L and TNC tax requests. Um, you heard from Chair Ortiz earlier about how the CAC moved forward with the motion of support for the requests, with the exception of the vote for the bike safety education and outreach, and also for the Vision Zero Quick Build program. So during this item, some CAC members said they thought there should be an education campaign for the drivers and how to safely share the road and including classes for both middle and high school students to educate them on how to bike safely to school. So the CAC did not pass a motion of support for the bike safety education and they presented and they requested a presentation from, C from SFMT on um, the bike classes for feedback to the CAC. So this presentation is confirmed and they will be coming back, MTA will come back to the January CAC to provide that presentation. Um, there was also a motion of support afterwards with a vote for the Vision Zero Quick Build program implementation. So that's a summary from the CAC meeting. Um, the allocation of the Prop L funds for the first two requests is contingent upon approval of the Prop L Muni Maintenance 5 YPP, which the board just acted on. And since Camille just discussed them, I'll just touch on those two requests very lightly. Okay, so Potrero Yard Modernization Project. Uh, this request is for 12.5 million to fund the design phase. And this is a 4.4 acre site at 2500 Mariposa Street. Just wanted to note that the TA already has an appropriation to support the enhanced oversight of this project. I'm gonna move forward to the Presidio Yard Modernization Project, which is a 5,150,000 um, request to fund the planning phase. And this is for a 5.4 acre site that was last upgraded in 1950. And all facility plans include a commitment to preserve the historic 1912 Muni structures feature as part of a mixed use development. So the estimated total cost of construction is about 395 million and planning is about 5.9% of the total costs. So the budget includes funds for a city agency memorandum of understanding to create a multi-departmental team to advance the project. 
and we do have a point of clarification that we have added to the deliverables that MTA shall provide the TA with the results of community outreach and completed project design support, design criteria and supportive documents prior to initiating the next stage of procurement of a P3 developer. And that includes the project design criteria, planning and feasibility analysis, basis for the technical requirements, basis for the commercial program and the CEQA NEPA process considerations. So our recommendation also includes a waiver to the Prop L policy that requires certification of commitment of funds at the time of submitting a Prop L allocation request, whereby the project sponsor demonstrates that all fund sources required to fully fund the phase or phases are committed to this project. So we are recommending this waiver to enable this project to continue advancing and to prevent a gap in the work given the relative lack of other fund sources available. And in recognition of the scale and impact of this project, as well as the joint development project delivery method, which MTA has not used before, the TA will continue to perform an enhanced level of oversight. Okay. And this is the first of three Caltrain allocation requests today. This request is, um, the requests included in this item are seeking a combined total of 4.5 million in Prop L funds out of the planned 5 million in San Francisco member contribution to Caltrain's fiscal year 24 capital budget for state of good repair projects. And we expect Caltrain to submit a future Prop L allocation request for 462,000 to complete San Francisco's 5 million contribution. So San Mateo and Santa Clara counties are making a similar contribution. So the 1.2 million that you see here is to replace old visual messaging signs with new ones at Caltrain stations, including 4th and King and 22nd Street stations. Installing these new signs will not only improve the passenger experience with more readable train arrival and safety information as the signs no longer su are supported by the manufacturer and it will also improve their maintainability. Okay, and the next Caltrain request is for 2.1 million for um, maintenance of way track equipment state of good repair program. And this project will support the purchase of critical, critical track maintenance of way equipment that's used to keep the track in a state of good repair. And this may include the purchase of high rail trucks as you see in this picture here, and mowers and other on track equipment. So the procurement is set to start this year with the anticipated delivery of equipment in early 2026. Okay. And the last Caltrain request today is for 1.2 million for their station state of good repair program. And this project will make various upgrades, repairs to Caltrain stations, which may include the 4th and King and 22nd Street stations. Maintenance of the stations improves the customer and employee safety on the system and makes Caltrain a more attractive option for travel. And the station state of good repairs work relates to pl planned maintenance, re replacement and rehab activities as you see on this slide here. Okay, and this request is from SFMTA for the Bicycle Safety Education and Outreach for 200,000. These funds will be used to provide bike safety classes and outreach throughout the city in multiple languages. And MTA expects to offer at least 80 bike classes, 18 scooter classes, and reach 1,800 with the goal of supporting the increased use and safe use of bike facilities in the city. And the number of classes will depend on the final contract terms decided with the contractor. MTA has released a RFP and expects to enter a multi-year contract with a contractor that would run these classes. This request would fund the first year of the work under that contract, and future years would be subject to funding through the future Prop L allocations. 
And the next request is from MTA as well for slow and skyline intersection improvements for 800,000. And this is to fund the construction phase. This project will improve traffic, pedestrian, bike safety, and right-of-way allocations at the intersection. And this reduces the, oh, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to advance that. Um, this will reduce vehicle and transit delays associated with the upcoming closure of Great Highway Extension south of Slope Boulevard. And this intersection is on the city's Vision Zero High Injury Network. So the scope of work includes all necessary signal infrastructure. And in addition, civil work will modify an existing median to allow for an additional left turn pocket for northbound Skyline Boulevard. And due to higher than expected construction contract and construction support costs, this additional funding is needed to construct these new signals at Skyline and Slope compared to the original budget presented in the Prop K signed grant agreement that was finalized earlier this year for the design phase funding. So the higher costs compared to the original cost estimates are due to unforeseen conditions of more curb ramps that were assessed by the Public Works Disability Access Coordinator, more civil work to modify the existing median and additional signals to protect the crossing bikes and additional signals facing 39th Avenue and the striping work to improve the bike connections. Okay, and this request is the last one for our allocations here, and this is actually for TNC tax funds. This is the Vision Zero Quick Build Program implementation for six million for the construction phase. So the remaining high injury network miles will be addressed through a combination of Quick Build Corridor projects and the Quick Build Toolkit project, which implements core safety improvements at the intersection level. This funding request is for the staff labor and the Quick Build materials to meet this commitment. And there is an amount of 50,000 for evaluation that's included here, and that's for any toolkit specific evaluation needs that may come up. So since the program was formalized in 2019, MTA has completed 32 corridor projects and at least 15 more in the planning and design phase. And altogether, these projects account for over 50 miles of traffic safety improvements throughout the city. So one of these upcoming corridor projects is on Frida Kahlo Way and Judson Avenue to enhance ped safety, add a protected bikeway, install transit stop changes, and implement curb management near schools. So in addition to prioritizing the implementation of the Vision Zero projects with the field operation schedules, MTA is collaborating to support explore ways to supplement the paint and sign shops with contractors or including additional staff to ensure that MTA can deliver all the Vision Zero work on the high injury network. Um, in addition to their projects, operations and maintenance. So the Quick Build Frida Kahlo will conduct outreach for the construction of proposed corridor level improvements and the Quick Build Toolkit will implement proven safety measures at the intersection level and will inform the public of the project and progress via blog posts, social media, quarterly updates to the website map tracker and requested quarterly public meetings. So with that, I'm able to answer questions and we also have the project managers from SFMT and Caltrain available. Thank you and SFGovTEB, I've finished my presentation. Thank you, Ms. Ray. Vice Chair Melgar. Uh, thank you, Chair Mandelman. Thank you for the presentation. That was really great and thorough. I appreciate it. Um, as the uh, CAC Chair uh, talked about, I'm also very interested in expanding the bike safety uh, classes. Um, you know, in Palo Alto, they do bike safety for kids, and it's part of the Safe Routes to School program um, because my district um, is a little more removed, and we have so many schools and so many kids, and I'm interested in connecting the network specifically to the public schools. Um, I would really welcome the opportunity to have uh, bicycle safety specific
specifically for kids, which is not something that this current vendor does. Not that they couldn't, they could. Uh, but I'd be really interested in expanding the program. So uh, to the MTA uh, and to us too, you know, I think it would be great if we're going to, um, you know, invest in it, we should do it holistically along with the uh, connected uh, communities um, network and then also um, schools. Thank you, Melgar. Um, th thank you, Vice Chair Melgar. Um, I will invite Tracy. Did you want to? I, I don't need an answer. Oh, no, I'm, just, okay. I just, I'm making a statement okay. and, and a thank request you. to consider it in the future. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank you, Vice Chair Melgar. Commissioner Dorsey. Thank you, Chair Mandelman. And I will just follow up on uh, Commissioner Melgar's point. I think as the other one of the other frequent uh, bicycling supervisors, um, I appreciate um, what uh, CAC Chair Ortiz said also about the importance of outreach and making sure that um, this program is equitable. One of the things that I just have observed over the years in San Francisco that I think is as important as any physical infrastructure that we are implementing is changing the math on the number of people who are using bicycles and who are, I remember back in the Willie Brown administration when it was cars versus bikes and uh, critical mass and it was a very divisive kind of thing. So investing people, getting people comfortable um, with bicycles and doing it in a way that's equitable and, and making sure that um, the physical infrastructure that we're implementing throughout the city is also reflecting our committee, our, our commitment to equity. But I do think um, safety education classes and outreach are an important part of that. And I share um, Commissioner Melgar's um, wish that we do everything we can to expand that. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Dorsey. Uh, let's open this item to public comment. If there's anyone in the chamber who would talk, like to talk to us about item five, please come forward. And seeing no one, let's see if we have any remote public comment on item five. Okay, there is remote public comment going to the first caller. Hi, caller, your two minutes begins now. Good morning, Chair Mendelman and Commissioners. My name is Jody Medeiros. I'm the Executive Director of Walk San Francisco. And I am here to ask you to grant the six million requests to the SFMTA so they can 100 intersections or 50 miles with a high injury network by December 20. San Francisco is to reach its vision zero goal. Basic safety infrastructure on the known dangerous streets is an absolute must. I definitely, or we as an organization, commend the SFMTA for assessing the, the inventory and what's left, and now they know it needs to be done. And they know that the cost of this is only $6 million, which honestly is minuscule in the scheme of things, especially when saving lives is involved. So we want to make sure that they have the resources they're requesting to deliver on their promises to improve the high injury network for safety by December, 2024. And for the record, Walk San Francisco and Families for Safe Streets would like to have seen more than basic minimum done on the high injury network because there is more that needs to happen to make our streets safe, and that is safety over speed. Real road diets are needed on streets like Bryant and Harrison, 9th and 10th, Guerrero, Goff, Franklin, Hyde, and Lincoln. Real redesigns for speed management are needed because everyone should be able to cross the street safely, especially our children and our seniors. So again, we do request that you grant the SFMTA the requested funds for the 50 miles remaining on the high injury network for these quick build treatments. 
time is ticking. Thank you. Thank you, caller. There is no additional public comment for this item. All right, public comment on item five is closed. Is there a motion to approve item five? Moved by Melgar. Is there a second? Seconded by, I think Dorsey beat Preston to it. So um, Dorsey uh, and uh, Mr. Clerk, will you please call the roll? Yes, Chair. I would also like to note that we received one public comment on item five, which has been posted to our website. Um, on item five, Commissioner Chan. Chan, aye. Commissioner Dorsey. Dorsey, aye. Commissioner Guardia. Guardia, aye. Chair Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Vice Chair Melgar. Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan. Ronan, aye. Commissioner Stephanie. Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton. Walton, aye. There are 10 ayes. Item 5 is approved. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Please call item 6. Item 6, approve the 2023 San Francisco Congestion Management Program. This is an action item. And we have Chun Ho Chow. Thank you. Um, good morning, commissioners. I'm Chen Ho Chao, transportation modeler with the TA. I'm presenting the um, SFGov TV. I'm sharing slides. Thank you. Uh, I'm presenting the performance monitoring results for this year's congestion management program, or CMP. As the congestion management agency of SF, we update our congestion management program every two years. We monitor and report on a broad range of multimodal performance measures as a part of the CMP. These are the metrics and indicators that I'll walk you through. Some key findings. As people return to pre-COVID activity levels, traffic congestion has worsened in SF, though on average, it has not fully returned to pre-COVID levels. Notably, Congestion has worsened more significantly on freeways than on surface arterials, and at some locations, congestion is actually worse than pre-COVID levels. Transit ridership is still significantly lower than pre-COVID levels. And some demographics for context. Uh, population decreased by 8% since 2019, but jobs are basically back at 2019 levels. A significant number of people are working from home, and 30% of offices in SF are vacant. Our metrics show that travel behavior changes induced by COVID have partially persisted beyond the first few years of the pandemic. Muni service has recovered in 2023 to serve more than 95% of SF residents within a five minute walk of their home. Vehicle, bike and pedestrian volumes on surface arterials are in general higher than 2021, but still lower than pre-COVID. However, the volume changes since 2021 are different during different times of day. On the safety front, encouragingly, the number of injury collisions has remained stable at its lowest levels in a decade, even as traffic volumes have trended back up. However, the number of fatal traffic collisions, which dropped in early COVID, has almost returned to pre-COVID levels, even though traffic volumes are still way down from back then. As people began to return to pre-COVID activity levels, average automobile and transit speeds on the CMP network have decreased since 2021, but the average speeds are still higher than pre-COVID speeds. On the left, the solid lines show arterial speeds, uh, AM versus PM, and the dotted lines are for freeway speeds. On the right, 
the solid lines are for citywide speeds, whereas the dotted line are for just the downtown core. However, the increase in average transit speeds between 2019 and 2023 is less than that in uh, average ro roadway speeds. Note though that these are average speeds and the speeds in, on some segments are actually slower than pre-COVID. The auto to transit speed ratio indicates how competitive transit is relative to driving on average on the CMP network. The ratio has been improving between 2011 to 2019, as in it's going down, though it's uh, worsened during COVID in 2021 and improved again between 2021 and 2023, though it's still not back to 2019 levels. Due to rapid and uncertain changes in traffic conditions post-COVID, the TA developed a new tool for short-term monitoring called the COVID-era congestion tracker. The website is shown on top. This tool reports a, a few of the primary CMP roadway performance metrics. It is updated monthly instead of biannually for a larger set of roadway segments and at an hourly level as well as for AM and PM peaks. There's also the long-term congestion tracker, which presents the biannual CMP data uh, for the primary CMP metrics since 2020, uh, sorry, since 1991. And that's shown in the website in the bottom. There's an increase in daily traffic from 2021, but vehicle counts have not recovered back to pre-COVID levels. We observe similar patterns for bike and pedestrian counts. The trend lines in red here may suggest that the ongoing vehicular traffic decrease observed from 2015 to 2019 is continuing in 2023. Note the flat line in the AM peak between 2021 and 2023 shown in uh, the dark green arrow here. Given the general increase in counts across vehicle, bikes, and pedestrians between 21 and 23, we may hypothesize that AM peak travel, which is primarily for work and school purposes, may no longer be as strongly peaked as before COVID, possibly in part because fewer people are traveling to work with the rise of remote work. In contrast, people travel for a wider diversity of activities during the PM peak, resulting in a stronger recovery in multimodal uh, volumes in the PM peak. The number of injury and fatal collisions dropped significantly in 2020, probably due to uh, the substantial reduction in vehicle and non-motorized volumes in 2020 due to COVID. This reduction in the number of injury collisions continued to 2022, even as traffic volumes have trended back up with the increase in tra uh, travel activity. However, the number of fatal traffic collisions have increased to close to pre-COVID levels by uh, 2022. Ridership on Muni, BART, and Caltrain declined significantly with the spread of COVID. Since then, ridership has in general been gradually increasing every year, but in 2023, ridership is still significantly lower than pre-COVID levels. Note that these numbers are from April and May, and ridership has continued to increase since then. The Muni coverage metric uh, reports the percent of SF's total population that is within a five-minute walk of Muni service uh, from their home. Since the significant cuts in Muni service in 2020 amidst COVID, 
Muni service has been restored in 2023 so that more than 95% of SF residents live within a five-minute walk of Muni service. However, the share of the population within a five-minute walk of a Muni route with a five-minute frequency or better continued to decline from 2021 to 2023. Population Muni coverage in the AM peak and for jobs for both the AM and PM peaks show similar trends. In 2021, westbound Bay Bridge volumes on the left uh, returned to 2019 levels for the PM peak, uh, shown in green, and to just below 2019 levels for the AM peak, shown in blue. Note, though, that there has already been a slight decrease in westbound Bay Bridge volumes between 2017 and 2019 before COVID. Since 2021, westbound Bay Bridge volumes have been stable um, at 2021 volumes for both the AM and PM peaks. The stronger recovery in the PM peak is probably due to there being more uh, non-commute travel in the PM peak, as I talked about a few slides earlier. The vehicle volumes at the San Mateo County line, shown on, shown on the right, dropped by about 50% during COVID. Since then, the peak period volumes have returned to their 2019 levels by 2023. The transportation metrics reported in the CMP have been rapidly changing in the last few years, showing the importance of continued monitoring under the CMP. The TA works closely with other agencies in the Bay Area to advance congestion management initiatives. And here are a few projects highlighting the TA's congestion management work. With that, thank you, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Uh, Joe Castillon, Deputy Director for Data and Modeling is also here to answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you for your presentation. Um, I do not see any comments or questions from colleagues, so we will see if the public has anything to say about item six. Thank you. Uh, if there's anyone in the chamber who'd like to speak to us about item six, please come forward. And seeing no one, let's see if there's any remote public comment on item six. Checking for remote public comment on item number six. There is no public comment. All right. Um, then public comment item six is closed. Again, thank you, Mr. Chow, for your uh, modeling and your presentation. Um, and uh, is there a motion to approve item six? Commissioner Dorsey refuses, <laughs> uh, but he's relented. And so Commissioner Dorsey will move it. Is there a second? But thank you, Vice Chair Melgar. Um, I think we can take that. Uh, same house, same call, without objection, the motion passes. Mr. Clerk, can you please call item seven? Item seven, introduction of new items. This is an information item. Um, don't see anyone. Uh, please call item eight. Item eight, public comment. Public comments. If anyone in the chamber would like to come forward for item eight, please come on up. Hi. Good morning. I, could, I don't know. I don't know what to say actually. I got something for this afternoon, probably during the full board meeting. That. Uh, uh, how reliable everything that we are told is? That should be the question. I don't think it is reliable at all. SFMTA on a system of transportation basically says anything it wants. Yeah, that's a fact. 
So at least let's be aware of that. And uh, I don't know, you guys. I think you should hold on everything. Everything is sort of suspicious. It's my take, really honest take on this. Hold, wait, just wait and see. Take responsibility, of course, for, for doing that. And you'll be fine. Everybody will uh, be fine. Let's see if we have any remote public comment on item eight. There is no remote public comment for this item. All right, public comment for item eight is closed. Mr. Clerk, uh, please call item nine. Item nine, adjournment. We are adjourned.